The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. Standing in the office of the prophet of God, I execute judgment on you, COVID-19. I execute judgment on you, Satan. You destroyer. You killer. You get out. You break your power. You get off this nation. I demand judgment on you. I demand. I demand. I demand a vaccination to come immediately. Yes. (laughs) Amen. I call you done. I call you done gone. You come down from your place of authority, destroyer. You come down and you crawl on your belly like God commanded you when he put his foot on your head in the Garden of Eden. You will destroy through COVID-19. No more. We are strong and I'll be Mark and Linda podcast. Skeeter, how are we doing? Excellent. The sun is out finally. Comments with Skeeter. On this day in history, some weeks we barely have anything. Today there's a ton. Oh. Uh, another testimonial to the great little Richard, and this one is as big as they get. What year is it for offerings today? Ooh. Those crazy prop people. This uh, story about these prop people, absolutely, it's one of my favorites. Mm. Uh, Nicknames that lovers have for their lovers. The richest songwriters of all time. Will I know any of them? You'll know every single one of them. What is a movie quote that you use all the time? Sex robots now breathe and have a heartbeat. Cool stories in music. Today we look at the association. What does an NFL lineman have to eat every day to stay so big? And are movie theaters a thing of the past? Going to the movie. Yeah. That's scary. Well, it was already in trouble because to go to the movie, let's just say, and it depends on where you live, but let's say 10 bucks to get into the theater. It's more than that. Probably. Yeah. 12. I don't know. Well, you get that senior rate, so. I do. (laughs) Which just pisses Linda off. It used to. She told me once, don't stand next to me. (laughs) 
Uh, you know, and then popcorn and Coke uh, concessions, crazy expensive. $100 a piece before you get out of there. And the experience of going to the movie now is just not what it was. Well, now you'll get sick. It's dirty. Um, they don't really spend a lot of time cleaning in between screenings. And, and it's just primarily the biggest problem with the movie industry, in my opinion, is that it's so much easier to access films at home or on your phone or your tablet, wherever you may be. And so the thing about, you know, getting in the car and driving down to the movie theater is just not necessary anymore. So it was already in trouble. And now there's this, the pandemic, the lockdown. Our theater is still not open. And, you know, one of the personal problems that I was having in our theater is I would go in on a very busy weekend. Let's just say, you know, this Memorial Day weekend. Uh, the theater here had one person working the concession stand and there was a line of 80 people out the door waiting and people were going to the manager and he said, hey, not much I can do. So that that they're killing themselves with this. So if they don't succeed, you're fine. You're still going to get your movies uh, and your TV shows. Speaking of that, Ozark, I'm, I'm season three, which is the last one. I think I'm about to do episode five. Oh, don't you hate that? Because yeah. you know it's coming to an end. Yeah, oh. I, I really have enjoyed. You know, obviously there's a an occasional episode that doesn't seem to hold up with the others. Last night was one of those for me, but... God, the production quality on this show is the best. The acting is I've never seen better. I mean, even down to the minor little bitty roles, just great people. But you got Jason Bateman, Laura Linney. This girl that plays Ruth is unbelievable how good she is. So it is, it's my go-to right now. Linda just finished up. Gilmore Girls. Well, I haven't finished. I finished the one that they showed on uh, TV the seven seasons. Now I'm on the one, I think Netflix made it. I don't know, but it's um, after, years after when it stopped. But for you, the sad thing is you're gonna have to wait a very long, very long time for another season. Yeah. Well, I mean, these things, you know, we binge. I've been watching one episode a day. Many people watch the whole season. In a day. Yeah. And it takes them two weeks to do one, you know, and that doesn't even include the writing of it. And the writing on Ozark is, is just stellar at every single level. So we all have our show. We all have certain programs we're really enjoying. And um, so I'm sad because yeah. my Ozark is almost to an end. I'm sad too because The Masked Singer came to an end. And I was thoroughly enjoying that, even though I really wasn't crazy about the winner. Yeah, wrong dude won. Um, but um, they just make that a fantastic, exciting show. So I'll, I'll, I'll overlook, you know, the winner. But I can't wait. And I'm going to have to wait a very long time for another one of those, too. Well, I don't, uh, per se, watch it. Periodically, I'll see some with Linda. Um, main reason I don't, is, you know, I kind of enjoy the person starts to sing and they're in this outfit and you kind of look away and close your eyes and try to figure out who they are. That's kind of fun. 
Uh, but the problem I have is because I'm old, and when they take their mask off when they've been kicked out, I don't know who they are. So that's no fun. Well, I know who this person was, Candy Perez, um, but I, I felt like the turtle should have won. <laughs> I did too. He had a better voice, and you could tell by his face and the way he reacted, he felt he should have won. And I agree, he yeah. should have. Yeah. But again, I don't really know who the fuck he is. So it's 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 not a show for for me. Uh, with the uh, the pandemic, one picture really cracked me up. I, I think it's number one smart because it does work, and two, it's hysterical. Uh, there is a bar, as you know. Uh, the economy is starting to open uh, today here in North Carolina. I believe it's phase three. Oh, be- I, and I feel like it's way too soon. It's just way too soon. It begins at uh, five p.m. today here. Um, and one bar did something when you went to the bar uh, to sit outside. Uh, they gave you a hat. And you know those pool floaties? Mm-hmm. Those long, what do they call them? I have no idea, but okay. I know what you're talking about. Those long. The noodles. Noodles. Long, brightly colored noodles. They had glued them to plastic hats. So you had to wear one when you sit out and drink. So all the people that were sitting out are wearing these plastic hats with pool noodles sticking out at all sides. And the idea is don't come inside my noodle. <laughs> it was hysterical and it worked. Don't come inside my noodle. It's funny. It's it's just <laughs> Yeah, but I'm still not wearing that. I'm not putting on a hat that somebody else's had and touched. Uh Linda giggled made me giggle. She doesn't know it. Um, so, uh, as you know, I paint as a hobby, and so each day uh, I go out to the paint room and turn on the heat and because uh, to, to get the paint to dry, you need it warm in there. Good Lord, it's hot in there. And the, the thing with paint is the moment you open the tube and you squeeze the paint out on your palette, it starts to dry. And so each day I do a thing where I take my paint knife and put a little bit of paint thinner and I kind of wake it up. I mesh the paint with the knife and the paint thinner and it just kind of gets it ready to to use and so i got up one morning and i i'm walking toward the paint room and i said i'm gonna go wake the paint up and linda goes why what, what do you do yell at it which wake up! was just it's just <laughs> all right we've been in this house too long you people get up <laughs> jesus christ what the hell's going on all right, so um, I'll do this quickly. Last week, I fumbled around and tried my best to share my sentiments about little Richard, the passing, and of course, they put him to rest yesterday. And uh, little Richard, as I said, is the king of rock and roll. Uh, he didn't get the credit for it uh, for many reasons. One, back in 1953, little Richard was a black artist, and he didn't get to go on shows where teenagers that are white are going to hear or see him. He did have crossover hits, but Little Richard was singing rock and roll two years before Elvis or anybody else was. And he just didn't, quite frankly, get the credit for it. Uh, I heard some of his music when I was a kid uh, and really, really liked it, but it wasn't until I saw him on television, and trust me, it wasn't Ed Sullivan. Ed's not gonna put that on his show. watching little Richard was unbelievable. He was standing there wearing these loud colored suits, makeup, hair 10 feet off his head and singing and jump. I mean, it was a game changer. And the reason I bring this up is because uh, yesterday a statement was released 
uh, by, I, I guess, the most powerful presence that we have. And he mirrored my words. I'm talking about Bruce Springsteen, the boss, made this statement about Little Richard. And that is the purest rock and roll voice of all time. And it belongs to the Georgia Peach, the king of rock and roll, Little Richard, who we lost in early May. He was one of the founding fathers of rock and roll and its preeminent vocal genius. And there he profoundly explained, in my opinion, why and how he does what he does. Now, Richard came out of Macon, Georgia, to take the nation, the world, and your body and soul by storm. His art was filled with absurdity, dead seriousness, great humor, and sex, sex, sex. He is one of a handful of men who changed the face of world culture. He crossed racial boundaries, he challenged gender norms, and he had the time of his life. Here, once again, is the high priest of rock and roll. A wop bop a loo bop a wop bam boom. Rest in peace, Richard. Wop bop a loo bop a bop bop to the Elvis was once asked, what is rock and roll? Where does it come from? And Elvis's response, and I quote, uh, rock and roll is a combination of gospel and rhythm and blues, or it sprang from that, end quote. My opinion, rock and roll was, as far as an attitude, rock and roll was, fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. You don't like this? I'm going to turn it up. <laughs> As I told you guys last week, I met little Richard. I got to spend an hour with him on the Mark and Brian program, and we had set up a... Uh, by the way, little Richard told me to shut up. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a badge of honor right there. Yep. But we had set up a keyboard, and, you know, we thought, you know, maybe he'll sing. He didn't. He wouldn't sing, and he wouldn't play. And during a commercial break, I said to him, I said, why won't you, why won't you play? Why won't you sing? And he looked at me and he smiled and he said, cause you ain't paying me. Comments. 
with Skeeter. This is my favorite comment that we got this past week. Great. David says, Linda got chicken fucked on what year is it? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I like it. Yeah. She should have been five for five. You two are still my normal. Without your podcast, things nope. would be gloomy. No. Nope. No, I disagree completely. I couldn't answer the question. And I should have known that. That should have given me my clue. The question should have never been answered or asked. Well, I asked it before and, and, you're and got correct. an answer. And you're correct. Because I wouldn't answer it, you should have known what that meant. Yeah. Because if I had said none of those are correct, mm -hmm. that's unfair. Well, but no, I could have still gotten it wrong. It's unfair to answer the question. It should have been asked. But when I denied it, you should have known what I that meant. Have. I should have. So you didn't get chicken fucked, though I'd like to see that, frankly. <laughs> okay. Karen says, listening from California, hold up with the hubby, my high school senior, two cats, and our just-turned-13-year-old golden retriever, Aurora. We recently celebrated Aurora's birthday with a bark mitzah Zoom party. <laughs> and, yeah, she sent me a few pictures, and it was just so cute. Good stuff. Yeah. Matt K uh, NKC says, fuck the sitcom list, fuck Roseanne, and fuck the people who put this list together. <laughs> it's what I love about uh, lists. And that list was from 2013. The brilliance of lists, especially if you're in broadcast, is uh, nobody agrees. And it makes the phones blow up. So you read a list, especially one that's opinionated, mm -hmm. and you've got, you've got content for days. I've had lists that people would call about for a week and still fight it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Denise from Arizona says, Linda, I agree 100% about Seinfeld. I never thought it was funny. I think you either liked it or not. Friends is 100% times better. And Golden Girls still holds up to this day. And Jesus. the stuff they would say just makes me laugh thinking about it. As a blanket statement, I don't like sitcoms. I do believe that Friends was whatever. The Golden Girls, I cannot stand. Oh, you are just oh, the, wrong, wrong, wrong. The only show, the only sitcom that I do enjoy is Everybody Loves Raymond. The <laughs> writing was stellar. The casting, the one reason that Ray Romano won't reboot, because you can't do without Frank and Marie. Yes. And they're both dead. Yeah. And they were, to me, the show. Yeah. So... Martin says, Bob Seger did the best version of Take Me to the River. Mm. Little Richard was great, Mark. Fuck you. I love MASH. I still watch it today. <laughs> hey, I'm in the minority. There's no question. I am in the minority with that. I thought the jokes were stupid and lame. And I think you're lame because you like it. You <laughs> pile of shit. There you go. Chris says, I submitted my ballad for the Radio Hall of Fame today. These are the comments I put in. I started listening to the Mark and Brian show in October 1987 and listened to them every day for 25 years. Wow. I listened to them on my commute to work. I listened to them when I was in my office. There has never been two other radio personalities that captured, captured the hearts of so many people. Jesus. It was a sad day in radio when the, they broadcasted their last show. When they came back for KLOS's 50th anniversary show, it was like they had never... It was like they have been with us the entire time. These two men deserve to be in the Radio Hall of Fame. Okay, so, uh, Chris, thank you very much for the kind words. Those are great words. So, if you would like to nominate them... 
to be voted for to get into the Radio Hall of Fame. You've got, it, they posted the date wrong or they changed it, I don't know. But now you have until May 29th. You go to the RadioHallOfFame.com where it f- says first name, you put Mark Thompson. Where it says last name, you put Brian Phelps. Then it says radio program name, you put Mark and Brian Show. Then they ask your reason of why you would like to see them in the Hall of Fame. And then for the industry affiliation, you put that you are a Mark and Brian listener. And we would appreciate it. Very kind. Yes. All right. Hodge says, I believe O'Hodge is some kind of scientist. The Hindenburg Zeppelin disaster and tragedy was not caused by docking to tall buildings. It was caused by the blimp being filled with hydrogen, a highly flammable gas. There were U.S. export restrictions on helium, so the Germans filled the Hindenburg with hydrogen. Hydrogen is lighter than helium and provides more lift. The explosion is thought to have been caused by a spark near a hydrogen leak on the ship's surface. Modern blimps all use helium gas. Helium being heavier than hydrogen, it cuts the payload capacity by about half. Jesus. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. The whole thing was ill-fated. Yeah. And very, very fucking sad. Yep. Uh, Relax Pant Chad says, oh, please call Matt at least every other episode. I've laughed so much. (laughs) Yeah. boy. And, And Matt doesn't even try to be funny. He just is. And he's odd because he doesn't speak very much. And when he does say something, it's usually non sequitur or odd. And therefore, it makes it funny. Yeah. Katie says, what? My mind was blown. I had no clue that sitcom was short for situation comedy. I always thought it was called sitcom because you sit down and watch a comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Noel says, listeners, help me. I tried to listen to this live on Friday the 15th. I could not get the chat or podcast. What's the best way to participate? Well, Noel, you go to our website right there on the home page it says listen live you can click that and then you scroll down a little bit and you can get into the chat it's very easy there it is and then my last comment joyce from davis california hi mark and linda i just need to share this with you you know how you're told to sing happy birthday two times while washing our hands well rather than sing the actual lyrics to myself i find myself hearing and so on makes me find myself makes finding myself wait a minute makes me find myself washing my hands a gazillion times a day so much more amazing linda thank you for that so mark i have to tell you that i was sitting outside when eleni texted me that all of the comments were up and Mm -hmm. this one came in last night Mm -hmm. so i'm reading it and out loud in the backyard I went bok, 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 bok. <laughs> and I turned around and our neighbor was outside nice nice what is happening next door I quickly got up and went inside <laughs> and that's comments um, I do have a thing that I was going to share and I'll, I'll do it maybe today or later uh, it's a song that should have been a hit but wasn't no don't don't wait till later do it now because we'll never get to it Okay, Um, so this song was from a solo album by Daryl Hall. Daryl Hall, of course, of Hall and Oates. And it wasn't 
a hit. In fact, nobody even heard it. If Daryl had written this song and made it a Hall and Oates song, it would have been a top 10, maybe number one. It was quintessential Hall and Oates. But, um, you know, the days of promoting music uh, is kind of over. Um, I had read today where somebody's going to release a final album and then stop because you can't sell music like you used to be able to. Back in the day as a music director, uh, the uh, rep from the record company would call me, uh, you know, and hey, Mark, listen, I got this new Daryl Hall song. It's going to be a smash. I need you on it. So, I mean, give it a quick listen. Uh, in some cases, uh, if you didn't have the record, the rep would fly in that day just to hand it to you. Um, and there was a good rapport between music director and re record rep. They would fly in town, take you out to dinner, the finest restaurant. You could have anything you wanted. You want some blow? They'll get that. You want women? They'll get that. Just play the record. Damn. So I heard this song. The moment that I listened to this Daryl Hall, and the reason I heard the album was because Daryl was on the show and he brought the CD. So I listened to it. This one grabbed me from the beginning. I'm telling you, as a music director, I knew pop records and I knew ballads. I didn't know metal. I didn't even really know rock and roll unless it was something really clear, like feels like the first time foreigner. But pop records like this one and ballads, I knew immediately. This, if it had been promoted, would have been a smash for Daryl Hall. <laughs> tell you if I were a music director and I put this on my turntable and I heard that I would immediately get out my labels I would write down how long the song was and all the information that needed to be on the label for the jock I would have taken it in the control room and added it in a rotation at that minute and I would have gotten a gold record for it
history. That happened, and we all let it happen. Well, we have a happy birthday in order. Pete Townsend of The Who turned 75 this week. Uh, Here, Pete talks about working with the guys in The Who. I couldn't have had better men beside me. I couldn't have. In fact, if we'd have been four arty-farty art students who all thought like I did, it would have been a complete mess. You know, I just used to kind of walk around with my arty ideas and the rest of them got on with the job because I was a deep thinker. I smoked pot and listened to R&B records. But that moment, of uniting what I'd been taught at art school and suddenly realizing that this little R&B band had this potential to make this extraordinary noise. And as you know, Pete is known for smashing his guitars. I took Matthew to the Hollywood Bowl to see The Who and I got to witness him smashing a guitar, which was incredible to see. Here he talks about that. It comes out of that thing of thinking after a while that this isn't enough and that what I have to do is I have to make some new sounds. And I start banging the guitar around. I imagined that when I hit the guitar on the ground or bounced the guitar on the ground or bashed it on a ceiling or whatever, that it would make an interesting sound. And it did. Uh, You know, I looked pretty cool doing it as well. birthday. It was on this day back in 1967. Fred Rogers debuted with Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Happy birthday, happy birthday, dear friend. We sing to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. It was on this day back in 2005. Thurl Ravencroft The voice of Tony the Tiger passed away at the age of 91. Sure, but first we'll start with a complete breakfast, including my vitamin pack Frosted Flakes. They bring out the tiger in you. We'll see how good you are. Frosted Flakes good? They're great! Now, listen to the voice. You've heard this voice on many occasions. Not just Tony the Tiger. Thurl Ravencroft is also the guy who sang this seasonal hit. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a It would have been a happy birthday this week for the great, the late Joe Cocker. The song Feeling Alright is the first cut on the late Joe Cocker's debut album with a little help from my friends. He talks about recording the song and what it meant for getting his career off of the ground. That was like the first real hit I had in the States, so that was quite a thrill. And it was the first record I made. I came out in 67 and worked with Carol Kay, Paul Humphreys, some of the real class session people of the time. And that was quite nerve-wracking because it was the first time I'd worked without my own band and for the record to be a hit was great to come and tour behind. 
Well, a happy birthday is in order. She turned 74 this past Wednesday. If I could turn back time, if I could find a way, I'd take back those words that'll hurt you, and you'd stay. I don't know why I did the things I did. I don't know why I said the things I said. Where were you back in 1992? It was on this very day that Johnny Carson said goodbye. I hope when I find something that I want to do and I think you will like and come back that you'll be as gracious inviting me into your home as you have been. I bid you a very heartfelt good night. It was on this day back in 1950, the great Bernie Taupin writer of Elton John's hits, every song he wrote. He uh, is uh, celebrating a birthday. Uh, Elton's 1975 Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy was an autobiographical concept album about the struggles that Elton and his lyricist Bernie uh, went through in the early days of their career. Taupin says the words to the album's only single, Someone Saved My Life Tonight, came straight out of Elton John's true life. It was regarding an incident that happened to Elton where he was supposed to get engaged to this girl and everybody around him saw it was going to be a disaster. Myself and a guy that Elton used to play for called Long John Baldry, who was a great British blues singer, we all went out one night and totally dissuaded him, got him thoroughly drunk, and he came crashing through the door saying, it's over, it's off, it's off. And then she pretended she was doing away with herself and then he pretended to do away with himself. It was all those bits and pieces thrown together. When I think of those east end lights, muggy nights, the curtains drawn in the little room downstairs. Happy birthday, the great, the very talented and smoking hot Tina Fey turned 50 on Monday. The American people are angry, and John McCain is angry too. <laughs> and you can tell he's angry by the way he sighs and grits his teeth, that he's always going like, <laughs> And now I'd like to entertain everybody with some fancy pageant walking. <laughs> I really wish uh, that had been you. Nah, Lauren, you know, I just didn't think it was a realistic depiction of the way my press conferences would have gone. What? The real one? <laughs> it was on this day, 1979, one of the great live albums of all time. Cheap Trick Live at Budokan went platinum. What were you doing in 1972? You were likely doing it to this song because it was the Raspberries' first and only number one hit record.
was on this day, 1971, the Rolling Stones album Sticky Fingers hit number one on the Billboard charts. There you were sitting there in 1965 about to flip on the radio and enjoy what they're playing. If you were listening to the number one hit in 1965, you were listening to this. Okay, uh, let's get into it. What year is it? We have four today. Okay. And I wish you the very, very best. Why? What does that mean? Doesn't mean anything. Stop reading into it. I'm just the host of what year is it. Good luck. All right. We start out with song of said year. Movie. Crime. The city was full of it. Free TV! Police Academy. Headlines. It's morning again in America. And under the leadership of President Reagan, our country is prouder and stronger and better. Okay, well that helped me a little bit. Did it? Yeah. Okay, the cars... Uh, okay, so I will go with, well, I've got three dates in my head because I'm not saying them out loud because it won't do any good. You can say them out loud. I just won't respond. Okay, fuck you. Fuck you. So I'm oh, going to, I'm picking between 83, 84, 85. Because that's... What? 19... Um. No. Okay. 19... 1984. Is that the one you want to go with? Yes. Final answer. Final answer. It is 1984. What you looking for? I've lost the rest of them. Here we go. Got them. We're good. Don't worry about it. I got it. We're good. Everything's fine. Song said year. There want to be no pop singer. There want to write no pop song. Hold on. Can you tell me his name there? John. Mm-hmm. Melon Camp. Okay, thank you. Movie. Yeah, it's a family portrait. It takes time, all right? Uh, a 
comedy about a job that takes patience, togetherness, parenthood. It could happen to you. Uh, that movie was better than it should have been. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, headlines. The Berlin Wall, that ominous barrier between communism and democracy, was torn down symbolically yesterday when East Germany opened its borders to immigration and travel. Okay, John's voice was a little raspier there, which means I feel like Matthew and I used to ride around and listen to that. So I'm thinking it was in the 90s. 19... Nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety-two. It was nineteen eighty-nine. All right, one for two. Mm-hmm. You have two more. Okay. Good luck. Song said year. Movie. America's illegal Grand Prix. Burt Reynolds is the defending champion. Are you one of those volleyballers? Cannonball. This is the Cannonball Run. And headlines. For the fifth time in history, the Dodgers are World Series champions. It's only the second time a team has swept four straight after losing the first two. Nineteen eighty two. Final answer. Final answer. Wait, should I change it? <laughs> no, I'll stick with nineteen eighty two. It was nineteen eighty. One for three. I'm pretty much sucking today. One for three. Okay. You can still redeem. You got one more. Okay. One for four would be... That's tough to make it through the day. <laughs> That's not true. It really is. No. It's oh, for four would make it tough to get through the day. One for four is not impressive. Well, but at least I got one. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> one for four, I don't want to be seen with you. But you got another shot. Okay. And it's possible it's doable. Okay. Here we go. Song, said year. Is, is that Kansas? Is that Kansas or Boston? They sound alike. All of you. And they were popular around the same time, too. All of you who were listening and you heard Linda ask that question, forgive her. It's Boston. 
It's not Kansas, and they don't sound anything alike. They do to me. All right, so you've heard that. Now let's go to movie. He's going to change the future of a whole generation. His name is Buddy Holly, and this is his story. And headlines. Deep to left. Yastrzemski will not get it. It's a home run. Three-run home run for Bucky Denton. The Yankees now lead it by a score of three to two. Oh, yeah, that really helped me. I'm sure it did. Okay. Boston was popular in the late 70s, I want to think. As was Kansas. Hmm. 1970 1970 I'm not gonna it's whatever it was 1970 96 ERC, here's Kansas. Wait, I thought you said that was Boston. I did. That was was a joke, see? Okay. That was humor. All right, I was confused. Just for a second. I understand. Uh, All right, well, so two for four. Two for four. So I can can be seen with you. Yes. All right, listen to this. Out Uh, and about around the house. (laughs) Um, All right, so... um, I find it uniquely amazing. These offensive linemen, you may have noticed in the NFL when an when a lineman or a guy that had to keep his weight up just to play football in the NFL, when they retire, they immediately start to lose weight. They're not trying to. They just stop eating what they were eating because they have to maintain a certain weight. Needless to say, they go to the gym and work out constantly. But they get with trainers and they get with nutritionists who, who give them the exact proper food, time to eat it, and proportion to remain huge. Oof. Here now, and this is one particular guy, but this is indicative of what a man eats every day to stay big and earn the paycheck that you earned in the NFL. Breakfast between seven and eight, three large eggs, a cup of egg whites, one cup steel cut oatmeal, 12 almonds, a cup of blueberries, eight ounces of orange juice. Okay. Two hours later, actually an hour and a half later. Oh, geez. Mid-morning snack, a chocolate peanut butter smoothie, two scoops of whey protein, 12 ounces of chocolate milk, two tablespoons of peanut butter, a full avocado, and two tablespoons of olive oil all mixed in to make the smoothie. Mm. By the way, olive oil is a huge thing in this. Um, Lunch, 11.30 to 12.30. Uh, Six ounces of salmon, two cups shredded greens salad, a tablespoon olive oil, two tablespoons balsamic vinegar, two cups brown rice, a full sliced avocado, and eight ounces of chocolate milk. 
afternoon snack. And, uh, two hours later, between two Good and... Good Lord. Uh, two cups of cottage cheese, a banana, 12 almonds. Dinner, 5.30 to 6.30. Chicken breast, sweet potato, two cups mixed vegetables, 10 ounces of naked juice mm-hmm. from a green machine. I don't know what that is. And then right before you go to bed, another chocolate peanut butter smoothie, two scoops whey protein, 12 ounces of chocolate milk, two tablespoons peanut butter, a fourth cup of avocado, and two tablespoons of olive oil into a smoothie, down it, and then go, go to, to bed. bed. Oof. It's a lot of protein in that. It is. No question about it. And while we're at it, I was going to share this last week. Didn't have time. Kate reaches out to us in the relationship uh, thing. Help. Kate, she says, Hi, Mark and Linda. I don't have a relationship problem. Just the opposite, actually. My boyfriend, Ben, and I will be together a year on Wednesday, May 13th. And oh. it would absolutely make his day to hear from you on our anniversary. He is the one who introduced me to your show and I love it as much, almost as much as I love him. He is a merchant marine and is gone for 12 weeks at a time. He is currently on the ship now, but listens to your show every week. He is the world to me and I just want you to let him know how much I love him and can't wait to celebrate one year together even though we're currently apart. If you do end up reading some of this, the most important piece would be, Ben, if you're listening, you're my lobster. Now, Mark has no idea what that means. I do, that lobster comes from friends. (laughs) No, no it doesn't. What it means when she says, Ben, you're my lobster. Lobsters, we all know, a lot of people say don't eat lobster because they're bottom feeders. They eat crap and garbage on the floor of the ocean. They're bottom feeders. They crawl along the bottom. You know, lobsters don't swim much. They got that armor on them. They're not a swimmer. They crawl on the floor and they eat garbage down there. But more than that, being a bottom feeder, this basically means that Ben likes to eat ass. He likes it in the ass, butt, licking butt holes, Ben, sucking on a big fucking shithole, a starfish. And so for Ben and Kate, I I have this. All my life, I've been good. Do what my mom and dad and God say I should. Go to church and Bible school to live by God's rules. So whatever people tell me that the Bible tells me, I will do. Walk the halls of high school with my purity ring. Unlike those other girls, I got my morals in check. It was easy to do till I got a boyfriend. And pardon my French, but he's cute as heck. But I made a pact to keep my hymen intact. And Jesus and I are tight. Never learned about the birds and bees I was taught to keep an aspirin in between my knees Cause the Bible says premarital sex is wrong But Jason says that guys can't wait that long I don't want to lose him to someone who'll do him I need to figure something out Well there's a loophole in the scripture that works really well So I can get him off without going to hell 
My Hail Mary, full of grace, in Jesus' name we go to fifth base. Oh, thank you for making me holy, and thank you for giving me holes to choose from. And since I'm not a godless whore, he'll have to come in the back door. Therefore, fuck me in the ass, because I love Jesus. The whole thing. The whole thing for me is that, you know, Ben is a merchant marine. He likes it in the ass. Ben does. And Kate knows this. She straps it on and bangs it home. Am I wrong, Ben? I don't think I am, buddy. Longer, bigger, and harder is what makes Ben happy. So celebrate your one year of ass fucking. (laughs) Oh, Kate, I'm so sorry. All right. So real quickly, let me just knock this out. Today, we're going to take a look at, and you may have known this, we're going to take a look at a quick, cool stories in music. I'm going to focus on the group, The Association. And I don't hate The Association by any means. Their harmonies were great. Uh, This is at a time when, what are we talking, 66? This is a time when, you know, people, Elvis was making stupid movies and music. Nobody knew quite what to do with it. So, The Association was giving you stuff like this. kind of crap you'd hear on uh, Lawrence Well. And then, of course, they come back after the commercial break and they do this thing. (laughs) Okay, boys, thanks a lot. And then they do this. How do we get them off? I do too. You ask me if there'll come a time when I grow tired of you. Never my love. Never my love. Fuck me in the ass. You wonder if this heart. Now, the association's biggest top 10 hit biggest hit it did hit the top 10 not number one was along comes mary along comes mary uh it was uh, sung from the point of view of a once disillusioned young man talking about the tribulations no one ever sees and who curses those faults in me the singer believes that mary gives him comfort and improves his life An acquaintance of the writer claimed in an interview that Mary is pot. What are you people? On dope? The Association doing the Lawrence Welk Show smoking the weed. Chicken, give me fake memory. 
So there you go. You're sitting there singing along, Lawrence Welk. They're out there smoking pot in the parking lot. The association. <laughs> you don't know that they were doing that okay. though. All right. All right. The uh, the richest songwriters in history. This is the amount of money is what they have already made mm-hmm. from songs they've written. I've got the top twenty five. Where did you? Where would you like me to start? Because I know that you have a pro. I can start at number ten, if you would like. It's up to you. Just tell me. Or I can I can go quickly through the 25, and then when I get to the top 10, I can share the music of that writer. Okay, let's do that. All right. Number 25, Sting, 243 million. Number 24, Tim Rice, 250 million. Tim Rice is the guy that wrote the lyrics to most of the Disney. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 23, Gaga, 275 mil. Yay. This one was a shocker. Number 22, $300 million, Julio Iglesias. Ah. Number 21, Justin Bieber, $305 million. Number 20, at $305 million. Share. We don't have time. You 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 said go back. All right. <laughs> Number 19 at 320 million Taylor Swift. Number 18, 332 million Mick Jagger. All those Stones hits. Hmm. Uh, number 17, 345 million, Bruce Springsteen. 355 million, number 16, Beyonce. 400 million went to this lady right here. Yes. Celine Dion. Number 14, I guess a surprise. Number 14, at 410 million, John Bon Jovi. No shock here. Number 13, Elton John, five, oh, 500 I thought he would have been higher up. Uh, not only because I love it. Number 12, 500 million, Dolly Parton. Jolene, 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 Jolene. so good uh, all right number number 11 Mar- Mariah Carey mm-hmm. at 510 million most of it from that Christmas song of all course. I want for Christmas I, I would have thought that she would have been higher because of the Christmas song all right we're at the top 10 once we get into the top five I'll let you guess <laughs> I won't know I don't know all right number 10 goes something like this At $560 million, James Buffett. Nibbling on sponge cake, watching the sun bake. At $590 million, and I have such a problem, but props, props, number nine. Madonna.
So, oh, there's no question. Yeah. No question. Uh, number eight, $700 million. Bono. For number seven, I don't have uh, any songs for him. Uh, Dr. Dre. Seven hundred. <laughs> Dr. Dre. That should be on my gravestone. I, I will never, ever live. I was on, those of you that don't know, I was on the Mark and Brian program. I came across, I don't know who the fuck he is. And I read the story and I called him Dr. Dre. To this day, it has not stopped. And it never will. You don't have California Dreaming? California Dreaming. Who's California that by? California Dreaming. No. Okay. I don't follow in the world of draw. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's, by the way, Dr. Dre at $770 million. Mm. Number six at $800 million. John Lennon. Because you look at the solo stuff and then all the Beatles stuff. I am at number five. I have to say I was wrong. It's not California Dream. It's California Love. Okay. I've got the top five richest songwriters of all time. And by the way, there is a tie at number one. Okay. Is Bernie Taupin in there anywhere? No, that would be Elton John, I would think. Elton John, Bernie Taupin, I would think. Oh, then I'm out. I have no idea. All right. Number five. And if any come to you, then shout it. At number five, at $825 million. You take the clothes off my back. P. Diddy. And I let you. Sean Combs. You steal the food right out of my mouth. Why are you playing this? Is this not a Sean Combs song, P. No. Diddy? No. I think it is. It's JT and uh, uh, Jay-Z. So Hang on. Well, hang on. All right, what's his name? Combs. No, Diddy. Hi, <laughs> Diddy. What? Uh, it says P. Diddy, Puff Daddy. No, sweetheart. That is that's Jay Z. Oh wait, wait! I got the wrong one. Okay. This is it. I'm coming home. Yeah. I'm coming home. Is that P. Diddy? He he sings in it. Okay. Home. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah. I grabbed the wrong one. Yeah. All the pain Okay, so wait. So Justin Timberlake's in there, I feel like now. <laughs> he isn't. Oh, damn! I, does he write them? Yes. I, 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 does yes. he? Okay. Number four. Come on. Think. I would have never have thought that P. Diddy or Diddy or Puff Daddy or whatever his name is would... John Bon Jovi's in the goddamn thing. I would have never... I wouldn't have thought of any of these people. Uh, Michael Jackson. Number four. Oh. 825 million. Shocking to believe that he spent all of it. As I understand it, allegedly he died broke. How is that possible? Girl, close your eyes. Let that rhythm get in. 
right, this one was a surprise. You'll never, ever get it. But okay. Number three, $870 million. Herb Alpert. <laughs> All right, I didn't misdo it because I I already had that one over here. This one you take the is number two, Jay-Z. Okay. 900 million. Yeah, yeah. Good Lord. There's a tie at number one. Think. Is he popular today or she? Both are. One is popular in the traditional sense of music. Well, that's not fair because both of them are musical geniuses. Different genres. All right. This one, come on. Tied for number one. Okay. At $1.2 billion with a B. Hmm. You don't have it? Don't. You do. Paul McCartney. Oh. Yesterday. I would have never have guessed that in a million years. All my troubles seem so far. This is honestly one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. And I still want to see the movie. Yesterday. The one about, for some reason, everybody has never heard of the Beatles except this one guy. So he starts singing Beatles songs and people, he's just like the rave. I haven't seen it, but I will. Tied for number one. All right. Makes sense. Oh, yes. Andrew Lloyd Webber. So there you go. You run across one of them looking for a date, date them. <laughs> they got some money. Uh, as you know, I love Tommy Shaw. Yeah, and he I'll loves just, you. I'll share just a second of this. Tommy is staying busy during this pandemic. He uh, apparently loves Led Zeppelin, so he decided to sit down with some buddies in different places and do a version of Led Zeppelin's Going to California. Here is just a taste for you. Smoked my stuff and drank all my wine. Made up my mind, make a new start. Going to California with an aching in my heart. Someone told me there's a girl out there. 
open her eyes and flowers in her hair. So good. Oh, why would you turn that off? I have stuff to do. Now. Okay. All right, this is one of my favorites. I love this story because the prop people, prop. Now, prop people are, are the folks that on television and movies, uh, they are to go in to the set and like say, for example, if it's a living room setting, they have to make it look like a living room. Now, obviously the furniture will be there, but they're the ones that put uh, the plants, hang pictures on the wall, uh, lamps, props. Rugs, they make it pillows. right, right. Yeah. They they make it look like a living room. That's their job. That's what they do. Apparently, the guys, the prop guys on the Andy Griffith program, had a sense of humor. It hasn't been noticed until now. Sixty years it took, but the Andy Griffith program had a joke going that nobody but the prop guy or guys knew about. Whenever they were in the sheriff's office and Andy was sitting at his desk and Barney was standing up and they were talking, behind them on the wall of the sheriff's department is a map. For some reason, normally on each episode, it was a map of Cincinnati because it was busy. Nobody notices it. They're not going to go, hey, that's Cincinnati. I never did. I've seen the show a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so normally it was Cincinnati, I guess, because it looked good. In other episodes, it was Nevada. In some episodes, it was California. But Cincinnati was a big one. There was one episode, and this is what makes it brilliant. There was the state of Idaho, and it was upside down. This prop guy did it to entertain himself. Nobody ever noticed it. It was filmed just as it was, and the very next week, it was still the state of Idaho, but it was this time right side up. We need that episode. It was season one, episode 20. Okay. That's the one where Idaho is upside down. So funny. Too good. Love it. I wish they'd put his name out. That's a prop guy just entertaining himself and having a great time. <laughs> Love it too fucking much. In Florida. Florida man was in the middle of patting himself on the back for remembering to buy his wife flowers for Mother's Day when he was attacked by his wife with the very flowers that he got her. Uh, police in Tampa responded to the domestic call, arrested 32-year-old Sandra K. Webb, after determining that she attacked her husband with the flowers and she also spit in his face. <laughs> She told officers she was pissed because her husband bought the flowers for their kids to give her, not him. She was charged with domestic battery and released. So I guess you can't do that. So he bought the flowers. But he gave them to the kids to give to her for Mother's Day. Well, it is Mother's Day. 
You're talking sense. This is an insane woman. Lost her fucking mind. She gets flowers and she's pissed to the point that she's going to grab them and attack her husband because he didn't give them to her. The kids did. And then spit on him. Jesus dang. Christ. Dang, dang, dang. Uh, okay, so, uh, you know, there's all this made about Black Friday. Uh uh, go the Friday after Thanksgiving, spend your money, go to the store, spend. Um, and Black Friday is online shopping. Do it online. Or is that Cyber Monday? Oh, no. Um, Doesn't matter. Cyber Monday. Black Friday. The reason they call it Black Friday is because for most businesses, they could be losing money. But on that one day, it moves them out of the red and into the black. Mm-hmm. That means profit. Black Friday. Now with the pandemic and everybody is locked up, the shopping that goes online is ridiculous. It is, this is the best way to put it, it is Black Friday. The numbers that would come in on Black Friday, it is Black Friday every single day of the week. Well, yeah, because everybody's home and you need stuff. I bought... Oh, Jesus. Jesus. A Blu-ray DVD mm. of Tex Avery's cartoons. I had to, as you know, I have a Wikipedia problem. I look things up and read them, and I bored, and believe them. I, of course, I don't believe it. it's Wikipedia. It's on the internet. <laughs> I bored Linda to tears reading to her about Tex Avery. Well, Mark said um, I bought a DVD of Tex Avery. And I thought it was a football player, and I said, oh, what team did he play for? Jesus. So I had to read, because it was Tex Avery. Tex Avery would have been a great football player's name. It was Tex Avery who taught Chuck Jones and all the other animators how to do it. It started with Tex Avery. Yeah. And his cartoons are the best. I Look, I'm not a cartoon guy, but I saw this, had to have it. Had to it. have it. And it arrived yesterday. Have I seen it? No, it's in the garage. Exactly. Contaminated. Te- yeah, yeah. Tell them, tell them when the fuck I'll see it. Probably tomorrow. Jesus. <laughs> Happy chocolate chip day. <gasps> Happy bike to work day. Do you know that um, you can't really find a bike to buy now? I heard shortage on bikes. Because everybody's getting out riding a bicycle because they can't go anywhere really love it and it is officially bring flowers to someone day except that crazy bitch in florida <laughs> don't take any to her no you do it at your own oh by the way the uh, mary kate olson she uh you know there's no divorces because of the pandemic everything is shut down mary kate olson demands an emergency divorce because her husband apparently kicked her out of the apartment or told her to leave she wants a divorce uh the judge said no Mm, now you gotta wait like everybody else so and uh are you ready for a really really lame joke of course her husband apparently wants an empty house. <laughs> See, she was on full. You don't have to explain it. Well, because it was full. No, no. And he wants it to be an empty house. That was really bad. It, but And you did it twice. It, but it's okay, because I billboarded the fact that it was bad. I said it was bad. 
And that makes it genius. Not really. No, it does. No, no. I took a really lame, stupid, unfunny joke and I made it not only funny, but genius. Oh. Because I said, here comes a bad joke. Okay. Really bad. Okay. And I'm not proud of the joke per se. Yes, you are. But the way that I presented it See, because she was on the TV show Full House. Oh, my God. And he has said he wants an empty house. I think that sums it up. Mm. Just going to let that sit there. What movie quote do you always use? Go ahead. I don't quote any movies. How can you not? I don't. You never quote movies ever. No. In my everyday life, no. All right. Do it, you? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to probably beg to differ with you on here. Well, I, no, I, don't, I don't do it a lot, but there is a quote from a movie that I use all the time. Is it, does it contain the word boat in it? No, 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 no. <laughs> I got my flippy floppy. That's not a movie. That's a video. That wasn't the quote I was thinking about. <laughs> I'm on a boat, bitch. No, I no, I was thinking from Jaws. You gonna need a bigger boat? No, yeah. no, no, I'm not going. Everybody goes there. I'm a little more obscure. Not really. It's stripes. Uh, I wouldn't know a stripes quote from anything. That's because you're a stupid girl. Yeah, I think that movie was more for guys. You think? Yeah. It clearly was. Yeah. Bill Murray was allowed to kind of go anywhere he chose. And the quote that I use, and I, I do say it all the time, um, when it's apro- I don't just like at dinner. <laughs> I don't come out with this. But when it's apropos, there was a part where Bill Murray was in line when he was in the service going into the army. And this is where they are given their uniform, their helmet, their boots, their whatever. So he picks up the boots and he looks at them and he says, chicks are paying top dollar for this crap in New York. Is that a funny part in the movie? No, but I quote it all the time. Like if we're shopping, like if Lenny picks up something and she's, I don't know if I want, hey, chicks are paying top dollar for this in New York. I'll throw it in there. You see, she was on the show Full House. Oh my God! And, and he wants an empty house. See. Oh, uh, Judy G has a good one. Go. As you wish. Ah, Judy, it's kind of common, very, so? very common of you so, to do that. So you should go with chicks are paying top dollar for this in New York. Just go with that. It's a mouthful too. So uh, you really uh, were. Let's see, one of my, the mm, Stuber from that movie Stuber where he goes. That's right. I, I've been shot right here where I'm bleeding. Um, so Stuber was one of the, billed as one of the worst movies of the year. I will say Linda and I went, Linda loves horrible films. <laughs> um, I went to Medea with her and that was just unbearable how yeah. bad that was. I mean, sh- it's as though they tried to make it bad. Um, but this movie Stuber 
is not a great film by any means. And the big strong guy, I don't know what his name is. They're trying to make a star out of him. He's horrible. He was in, uh, he's in uh, Galaxy Quest, right? No, that's not the name of that movie. Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, Chris Pratt. Uh, what is the name of that freaking movie? Uh, uh, Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. There we go. He's in that, the big guy. Yeah, the big guy. However, the comedian that is in Stuber, I don't know his name, he is funny. Mm-hmm. He made the movie worth seeing. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to say this again, because I'm going to recommend Stuber, and then somebody's going to bust. Mark, you said it was good. I am not (laughs) saying that it's good. It's entertaining. I'm saying that the comedian, (laughs) the taxi driver, is funny. The Uber driver. That's what I'm saying. So don't give me shit and say, hey, you said the movie was great, and I rented it, and it sucked. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, was it kid-friendly? No, I don't think it is kid-friendly. Stuber? Yeah. No. There was a lot of cussing and killing. I don't know. Killing. You, you have to look it up. Yeah. It, it's G-rated killing. It's not, there's well, to nothing. To you. Dude, you want to see X-rated killing? I do not. That's what I'm saying. Go see Ozark. That's what I'm, new things. Holy shit. All right. So... Oh, well, I guess I guess we've had our movie quote fun. <laughs> yeah, I ended up you screaming at us. Say your say your quote again. As you wish. Your quote. Mama always said life's like a box of chocolates. <laughs> say your Stuber quote. Oh, well now I'm not sure. I might have said it backwards. You didn't. Oh. I've been shot right here where I'm bleeding. Perfect. All right, so there it is. See, you do have a movie quote that you use. All right, here we go. Just in time. A company is developing lifelike sex robots that have a heartbeat and they breathe. That is creepy. Well, wait a minute. It's creepy only in the sense that sex robots are creepy. <laughs> Let let's say that you're going to get a sex robot. You've already busted down the door of creepy. You're going to fuck a doll. Okay? We've gone there. That's a very different door. You're still yelling. Am I? Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, that is a very different strange odd door. I mean, if you're going to buy a sex doll Before you purchase it and it arrives, you've got to look around the house at where you're going to store it when people come over and imagine if they found it. So the creepy door has been busted (laughs) down. So let's say you're in the market, you're looking around sex dolls. And if you make it that far, why would you not buy the one that breathes and has a heartbeat? It may help you pretend that she's alive and really wants you to fuck her in the mouth. Wow, wow, wow. This is Matthew who doesn't realize that... Uh, I don't understand why he doesn't realize it because it's on in his house. Well, they don't care. Are you sure he's just not correcting you on things? No, I just looked. Oh, did he give you a movie quote? No, no. he didn't. He's not listening. He doesn't know what we do mm. here. A new survey has found that more than 75% of respondents said they are feeling stressed these days. And how are we dealing with the stress? It seems most people surveyed are dealing with it in a healthy way by 
exercising. Linda is working out pretty much every day. Yeah. 52% of respondents said they are exercising to deal with the stress, followed by watching TV, mm -hmm. sleeping, mm -hmm. meditating, mm -hmm. having a drink at the end of the day, mm -hmm. and lastly, but still on the list, jerking off in public. <laughs> Oh, my God. I think I'm going to go to the grocery store and jerk off. I don't think so. It's on the list. No, it's not. How do you know? <laughs> I was going to say I pretty much do all that on the list, but that. You don't know. Uh, they did do a very cool thing. I absolutely love this, and I need to find it because it's just, oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, you don't think about it, but ballet dancers have nothing to do. These are professionals. They've been studying ballet their entire lives. So for the pandemic, ballet dancers, professional ballet dancers from around the world decided to dance to uh, Swan Lake. There's apparently a beautiful duet in this swan like a dance. Yep. And they all filmed themselves doing it, and then somebody cut it together. Oh, I bet it's awesome. It's unbelievably great. And this is the music from Swan Lake. It's really, really good. They are establishing a GoFundMe campaign. The dancers are hoping to raise $500,000 to be distributed globally to ballet companies that are in need because like everything, right. companies are going under. JCPenney is folding. So is Pier 1. Victoria's Secret is about to shut it down and there's another one and there'll be more. Mm. So I just thought I would mention this because these, these ladies worked so very hard to put this video together. And men. And you don't, I didn't see any men. Okay. I think the one they're doing is for the female dancing parts. Okay. Swan Lake. Okay. I've not seen, as you know, I'm huge into ballet. <laughs> but I've not been in a while <laughs> because I've been locked down. But uh, yeah, I, didn't, I don't know it. But it, I, I enjoyed watching it. Usually I would just glance at it, use right, it for the right, show right. and move on. I watched the whole thing. Oh, okay. I want to see that. Their talent. Because normally you're watching ballet from, you know, the seats where you're jerking off during the ballet. But this time you're seeing them up close and it's pretty fucking awesome. So, so go find it. Uh, Misty Copeland, America Ballet Company's principal dancer, along with 31 other dancers from 14 countries mm -hmm. have put this together. It's called Swans for Relief, a performance of Swan Lake. Check it out and go see it. I think... I don't need to do that. I don't need to really do that. We need the nicknames lovers have for lovers. I did it. Lobster. Oh! Nice, Linda. It's good to see you're following uh, on. Well, I mean, I thought that there was a list of names for lovers. Uh, no, well, no, there isn't. Um, so it seems to be, and I love this, it seems that 
uh, a trend that's going on. Tommy Shaw, I shared it. A lot of these artists, and this was before the pandemic, obviously, but a lot of artists are starting to work with uh, high schools, orchestras, choruses, uh, the whole thing. Uh, D. Snyder of Twisted Sister did it, and primarily, you know the, the drill. Uh, when budgets get cut at school, the first budget is art. And so in promotion of let's raise money for the arts in school, D. Snyder went. Now, I'm going to say this and I'll probably regret it. I don't think I've ever met D. Snyder. Mm. I don't think he, I don't think, I don't think. Because I love him. This guy, you would think, does every drug and drinks, you know, quarts a day. He doesn't do anything. He's just a good dude. And he got with a high school choir and orchestra and performed. We're not going to take it. It's really good. And I'll end the show with that. So if you want to stick around and listen to it, you can. Uh, Other than that, let's do this. You can go right to the chicken. Jesus. Here we go. On 5-18, John McClain <laughs> from Arizona turned 49. He loves that. On 5-21, Adina Johnson turned 36. What is today's date? Today is uh, the 22nd. 22nd. All right. Also on 521, Russ Miller Jr. turned 51. Today, 522, Paula W. from the Ozarks of Missouri Mm. turns 53. And Yusha from Bend, Oregon is turning 50. On 523, Denise Page is turning 65. Patrick Patty Cakes is turning 51. And lovely Lisa is turning 57. And on 528... Carol, I'm so sorry. I'm about to just fuck up your last name. Carol Karavik is turning 59. All right. Um, tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow is Saturday. Oh, I just, you know, it's uh, Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we can celebrate all of the people oh the veterans that made it uh yeah 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 um no question and if you're cooking out hot dogs don't think about what's in them see the patch the packages say all beef I wonder if they, they really they are. They just don't tell you what parts of it. But isn't, wait, isn't Memorial Day for everyone who's ever served our country? Yes, I believe so. Okay. There is a Veterans Day. Yes. Okay. Everybody go. Uh, by the way, if you want to follow Linda and her bullshit, where do they get you? At Lake Norman Linda. All right. 
Everybody go. Have yourself a great week. I'm so sick of people saying it, but, you know, you got to. Stay safe. Yep. And we'll see you next Friday. Yep. Bye, y'all. Have a good weekend. We have a very special guest joining us. Stay on your feet, guys, because you're ready to rock. One of my dearest, dearest friends. This next song and last song is going to be the epitome of music education because we are not going to take it anymore. We are going to show everybody that music is important. And this next gentleman is the leader, one of the greatest rock and roll singers in the world, the, the most iconic singer and the greatest, greatest man I've ever met. Ladies and gentlemen, the great D. Snyder. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, kids. So, um, <clears throat> standing on the stage before you is a bona fide 100% high school choir geek. And when I was in high school, the only thing that made life bearable at all besides my rock band was singing in the concert choir. And I cannot imagine a world where I didn't have a choir to sing in. I couldn't imagine what my life would have been like without it. And we live in a world today where the arts are under attack. Every time there's a tax cut, the first thing they want to remove are the art programs from school. They want to cut back on the music. They want to cut back on the drama. They want to cut back on the band and the orchestra. And I like sports as much as the next guy, but I, I often wonder what would happen if they tried to cut back on the sport programs. I'll tell you what would happen. The athletic department would be pissed off and they'd fight back. And that's what we have to start doing. You have to start to fight for the arts, fight for your music programs, fight for your drama club, fight for the band and the choir and the orchestra. And this is just a song to fight to. I think you know this one. Let's do it. Give me that E. Oh, we're not gonna take it. Oh, no, we ain't gonna take it. Oh, we're not gonna take it anymore. We've got the right to choose it. Jaden!